Hey guys, this is Pastor Neil. I just want to say thank you so much for joining us today on this podcast. Hey, would you do us a huge favor today? Would you subscribe, like, or leave us a review wherever you get this content? It really helps us reach other people with the gospel. Also, we would love, love to see you at our campus uh, on a Sunday morning. We meet at 1010 South Bowie Drive in Weatherford, Texas. You can check out our service times and more information about the church on our on our website, waterhousechurch.com. Check us out on Facebook or any other social media sites that you may have. We would love to see you. I pray that today you are renewed, restored, refreshed, and that your spirit comes alive. Now here is today's message. Good morning. I don't know what this might like. There we go. Get you, get you rounded up, sit it back down. Thank you so much for being here today. Happy Father's Day. Yeah, like, come on. It's Father's Day, man. Yeah, there you go. Dads, hey, if you're a dad in here today, thank you. Thank you for bringing your family. Thank you for stepping up. Thank you for being the example of a godly man. Uh, we got some flickering going on. We need to cast some demons out of those lights or something. Uh, Probably the, the city needs to fix their load, I guess, on the, but God bless you guys. Thank you for being here so much, uh, for being here today. And I want to say, number one, I'm glad you're here today. And uh, I want to give a couple of announcements before we get in the message today. If it's your first time here, you've been here for a long time and haven't had the opportunity to connect with us, uh, there's a QR code in front of you in the chair. We'd love for you to just scan that. And that's going to bring up some links for you to fill out. And one of them will say connect. If you just connect with us, Fill that out. We're going to send you a gift in the mail just for saying thank you for being here today. Also, uh, we want to say if you brought your baby bottles full of change, um, there's a table in the back in the foyer there. You can drop those off. Thank you so much. That means so much to Grace House. And we're so glad of the ministry of Grace House and what they're doing in our community. We want to support them in this baby bottle drive. And, uh, and so thank you for, for, for doing that. Thank you for bringing those bottles as well. Another thing, last announcement before I get the message, is some people have stepped up. We've had four people step up to work in children's church. Yeah, and you're like, whoo, I'm off the hook. No, you're not. We need four more, at least four more to sign up. We need help in pre-K uh, pre uh, with the toddlers. We also need help in the check-in area. And we, know, we also need to form another class so we can break up the young ones and the older ones and have a middle middle-aged class that's going at middle age, like what, six, seven, that's middle-aged, middle-aged class uh, for those kids so we can teach them specifically uh, for their age group. Because here, here's the thing, we don't, we don't just put your kids over there and watch them, right? We teach them. We show them Jesus. We teach them Jesus. We teach them songs about Jesus. That's a ministry that happens over there. And so it's vital that we as a church step in and, and build that foundation for our kids. And so uh, we would love for you to, for, for, for you to do that. I uh, think on that, is there on that link tree, Karen, as well? There's a thing that says, kids, sign up to help. Guys, it's huge. It's vital. Thank you for that as well. And so last thing, if you're a dad, just go and stand. I want to recognize you. Good job, dad. I want to tell you, men, don't let anybody tell you that you're not important. Don't let anybody tell you that you're not vital for your family. Men are vital for their family. Every, every kid needs a dad. Every kid needs a mom, right? So fathers, thank you. Thank you for standing up. 
Thank you for being there. Thank you for being that example. And thank you to, for coming to church today. That's huge. That's huge. God bless you. Have a seat. Today, uh, we're going to get into the Word of God. And today really is talking, I want to really focus on a lot of people in here. Maybe, maybe you, maybe somebody you know that's close to you. It's been a really hard season. You, you feel like you've lost everything. You feel like you don't know where to go. And I know I've been in those moments in my life, and some of you are going through those moments right now in your life where it seems like everything's been taken from you. The rug has been pulled out from under you. You have nowhere to stand. You don't know what to do. You don't even know what tomorrow may bring. And I pray that today, after this message, that you at least leave here with a little hope, that you leave here saying that, you know, it's bad, but my God is bigger than that, right? It may be hard, but my God can do it. My God is greater than our issues. And so that is my number one prayer for you this morning, is that we go out of here armed, equipped, and ready for battle because God has called us to fight, to fight the spiritual darkness that's in our world, to fight the things that come up against our families and, our, and, and, and against ourselves and against our neighbors and our community. We are, we are the people of God. He has called his people of God to be that first line of defense against the enemy. And so I pray that we stand up and that we do all that God's called us to do. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to 1 Samuel 30. We're going to be in there a lot today. And also Psalm 144. Uh, so if you have your Bibles, you can turn to both of those passages. I'm reading out the New Living Translation. Um, and so we're going to stand for the reading of the word. If you want to stand, I'll go ahead and read 1 Samuel 31 through 10 together. I'll wait for you to get it. You got it? Tell me you got it. Okay. If you don't, too bad. You're going. <laughs> just kidding. Be faster. No, I'm just kidding. Here we go. 1 Samuel 30. Three days later, when David and his men arrived home at their, at their town in Ziklag, they found that the Amalekites had made a raid into the Negev and Ziklag. They had crushed Ziklag and burned it to the ground. They had carried off the women and the children and everyone else, but without killing anyone. When David and his men saw the ruins and realized what had happened to their families, they wept until they could weep no more. David's two wives, Ahinoam and Jezreel, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, from Carmel, were among those captured. David was now in great danger because all of his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters, and they began to talk of stoning him. But David found strength in the Lord his God. Father God, I pray that today that, Lord, your message is, is, is spoken in the way that you want it. God, open my mouth to speak, open the ears to hear and the hearts to receive this morning. God, I pray that for those that are weak in the faith, that they would rise up. God, for those that feel like they have nothing, God, that you would show them they have everything. For those that, God, want to give up, God, that they would have the strength to rise up and take their place next to you, Father. God, we love you and we thank you for today. And we thank you for this message. And we turn it over to you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. You may have a seat. So as you're reading this, maybe you feel like David. <laughs> maybe you're in that moment. Like I said, everything's been taken away from you, and you're in this moment of weeping. You know, when we, are, when we lose everything, our proper response is to be sad and to weep over what we have lost. And not only that, Maybe you're, you're, by reading that, you're like, I'm like David. We weep until you can't weep anymore. Those people are weeping because they've lost everything. They've lost their families. 
They've lost their wives. They've lost their kids. They lost their whole livelihood. And now these men are standing in this burnt, charred city, wondering what on earth is next. And you today may be sitting there in the destruction, looking at your life going, what on earth is next? How do we move forward through this? I don't think we can move forward. I don't think we have what it takes. Maybe your marriage feels like this. (laughs) All there is is smoke rising. And you're like, there is no way that God can do anything with this. Everything's been taken. Maybe you've lost a job or maybe you've lost a business and it's went under and you're wondering, God, is there anything that we can repo from this? Is there anything that we can salvage from this mess? And I want to encourage you today that God is God of everything. God is God of your situation. He's God of your circumstance. He sees what you're going through. He knows what you're going through and he's big enough to get you through. And so the beautiful thing about this passage is we're going to read the whole story in a minute. And you see that David, in fact, God turns it around. But we want to look at how David fought because I think we don't know what to do when we lose everything. We don't know where to go. We don't know how to move forward. But if we look at King David, he is a great example of how we should approach these things. Because we always, we don't, sometimes we don't have a, we don't know what to do, right? We always react when things happen to us. But we can look at King David, we can look at the Psalms, and we can look at Scripture and realize how we can respond in these moments. And so Psalm 144 is what we're going to look at. King David here is writing this psalm in Psalm 144. Now, it's not reflective of this story, but we do see how David handles situations. They actually think that this psalm was written after David was ascended to king and was maybe reflecting on his life, thinking about all that God has done for him. Maybe there's an enemy at his gate and he's praying to God, God, what do we do in this moment? But either way, this passage of scripture and psalm is a great uh, resource for believers to understand how we fight when we lose everything, how we can approach the Lord when we lose everything. And so ready or not, here we go, Psalm 144. He opens up with this. This is David's response in light of everything. Imagine him standing there. Nothing is left. Everything is gone. His wives are gone. His kids are gone. His livelihood is gone. He was supposed to be the king, and now it seems like he's not going to be anything. And he's standing there, and he strengthens himself in the Lord. How does he do this? First thing he does is he, he praises the Lord. Verse 1 says, praise the Lord who is my rock. Where do you stand when you have nothing to stand on? Jesus. He is the rock. He is the foundation. He is the thing that we can come to. When the, when the rug has been pulled out from under us, we can always stand on the rock. David stood on the rock. He knew where his help came from. And so he says, yet I will praise you, Lord. I think of Job in scripture. He loses everything. And what was his first response? God, naked I came from this womb. Naked I return. Like, and it's all in your will, God. I'm still going to praise you. I'm still going to worship you. And in that moment where Job lost everything, his response was to fall on his face and praise God. David knows the, the beauty of falling on his face and praising God. So his first thing, he praises the Lord and he goes, who is my rock? And then he remembers, you, Lord, train my hands for war. My, and you give my fingers skill for battle. David in that moment, think of him, he's sitting there and he's like, everything's been taken and he just rises up. He's like, God, you have equipped me for this moment. God, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go, but Lord, I am 
more than able through you, Christ Jesus, to do exceedingly more than we might ask or think, right? That's the passage. And he says, God, I am equipped in this moment. My hands were made for war and my fingers are skilled for battle. Believer, I don't know where you're at. I don't know what's, what you're facing right now, but I want you to know that you are equipped for this moment. You're equipped for this moment. God has given you the mighty tools to demolish strongholds, right? He has given you the opportunity and the weapons to come against the enemy when he comes at you. And David in this moment says, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go, but I know that I'm equipped for this. I know that God is with me and I know that I'm more than able because of God and what he's done in my life. And believer, you have been equipped. Many of us don't know what to do with our equipment. <laughs> we're, we're wearing all the armor. We've got the sword of the spirit. We've got the shield of faith. You know, we got the buckle of, you know, we got everything's lined up, and, but we don't know what to do. We're sitting there going, man, I hope I don't have to fight anybody. I don't have to have to do anything, right? And we look good, but we're not fighting. We're not, we're not defending the things that God has given to us. And, and the thing I found out about my faith as I've been walking in this is that every time God trains me, it's like on-the-job training, right? He, there's no classroom training for any of this stuff. God's like, I'm going to put you in a battle. I'm going to be there. I'm going to show you how to, how to win, but you got to fight through this. It's like when you throw your kid in the pool. I don't do this. I'm just kidding. We don't throw your sink or swim, kid. I've heard stories. I didn't do that to my kids. But with God, it's always on the job training. It's always on the job training. And the thing what I've found is that even though I've been through this training, I, I know that I'm, I've, I'm equipped for this battle, but the next battle that comes up may be bigger. And I'm like, I don't know if I can handle this, Lord. And in those moments, it's like the Lord says, hey, remember when I helped you through that? I'm still the same God. You still are equipped for this. I'm going to help you through this battle. See, our faith is built as we continue to learn and as we continue to train, I love the passage. It says that he trains my hands for war. This is, a, this is not a past tense. This is a present tense word. David was always being trained for war. And we as believers are always being trained for war. We're always having to go through this. There's always another battle, right? I've discovered this. If you've gotten to that point where there's no battles, tell me how you get there, <laughs> right? But there's always another battle. Like you, you finish this, you're like, oh. Let's take a breath. It's like, are you serious? Another one. Okay, we got this, right? This is, this is the faith of the believer. We're always walking in a battle because we're always taking ground for the kingdom. And we have to know how to fight. And we only learn how to fight through battles in our life and trials in our life. Our battles, our small battles are training for the bigger ones. They're, they're training for the bigger one. Think about David. David had to fight this giant named Goliath. And, he, and this thing was huge. This guy was huge. Nobody wanted to fight Goliath. But David stood up and said, I can kill this guy. I can take this guy. And, he, and Saul, the king, asked David, well, makes you think, little David, that you can kill this giant. Nobody else is going to fight him. And he says, Saul, the Lord has delivered me from the bear and, and from the lion, and he will deliver me from this uncircumcised Philistine, right? He says, there's nothing too big for my God. If he helped me with those small things, he can help me with this big monster, right? If he can, if he can kill the, the bear and he can kill the lion, he can kill this giant. And I want you to know today, maybe you're facing a giant. God is big enough to help you handle that giant. There's no giant too big. He has equipped you for a battle. So the first thing we need to understand when we feel like we've lost anything, everything, 
is that we are equipped to handle it, that we pick up our weapons and we fight. And then David continues in this, in this psalm. He goes, he is my loving ally and my fortress, my tower of safety, my rescuer. He is my shield and I take refuge in him. He makes the nations submit to him. David understood who God was. He understood where he could go when he had nowhere else to go. God is everything that you need when you need him. Notice all these aspects of God. He doesn't say, God, you're my protector. He goes, no, God, you're my loving ally. You're my fortress. You're my tower of safety. You're my rescuer, my shield. And I take refuge in you, Lord. You're everything I need when you need him. I can go to you because I know you always have my back. This translation, New Living, is really a poor translation of this word loving ally. It's, it's, it should be translated loving kindness, which is the Hebrew word is chasid. Can you say that? It's fun. It's like, it's like you're hawking up a loogie, chasid. <laughs> and this is what chasid means. It means a loyal love. You'll see this all through scripture, especially in Exodus. His loyal love. It's an unfailing kind of love, kindness or goodness, often used of God's love that is related to a faithfulness to his covenant. It's a covenantal love, right? It's, it's a love that says, I'm not going to quit on you no matter how things go. I'm not going to give up, right, no matter how things go. I'm always there for you. I've made a commitment to you, and I'm going to follow you with my loving kindness. And David understood this, and he knew because God loved him so much with this loving kindness, this loyal love that he can run to him, and he's always going to be safe. Believer, do you know where to run when you need it? some safety, when you need a tower, when you need a shield? Do you run to God or do you run to other things? So many times we run to other things. We run to the bottle, we run to prescription drugs, we run to relationships, right? We run to our bedrooms, we shut the door and lock the door and stay in there for months because we don't want to deal with it. We have two, we have two responses, right? When there's a battle, we, run, we either run to other things or we run from the battle. But God has called us to run to the battle and ready to take it on because we know that God is right there with us. He's not going to leave us. He's our shield. He's our tower. He's our strength. He is our rescuer. We have a personal protector. Notice his words. He goes, he is my shield. He is my rescuer. He is my shield, my tower, mine. Do you believe that he's your personal protection? He's, he is there for you. You have a personal protector. He is what you need when you, when you need it. When we lose everything, we need to run to him and not anyone else or anything else. Amen. David knew where to go. And maybe we need to say this together as a church so we believe it. I think it's hard to believe for ourselves that he is my loving ally. He is my fortress. He is my tower. He is my rescuer. He is my shield. He subdues my enemies. Let's say that as a church together. He is my loving ally. He is my fortress. He is my tower. He is my rescuer. He is my shield. He subdues my enemies. That's the God we serve. He is always there for me. He's never left me. He's been faithful all my life. How can I not run to him? Why would I run to anything else that won't bring comfort? Only God is there, and only God has what you need when you need it. And this allows David to come to God in this moment, and he humbles himself to God. And he says, the, he pens these words, 
in this psalm. Oh, Lord, what are human beings that you should notice them? Mere mortals that you should think about them, for they are like a breath of air. Their days are like a passing shadow. It's amazing. It blows my mind that God even cares about humanity. He created the universe. He created the galaxies. He, is, he created everything, and yet he cares about this little speck of dust, right? And he cares about these little people on this little planet. It's amazing. It's staggering to me that he cares. But he does. It's, it's amazing that he cares. And David realizes the magnitude of his God and the, and the smallness of himself, and he, then he, it allows him to humble himself to the Lord. Believer, the first thing you need to do when you, when you fight a battle is submit yourself to the Lord. Submission to the Lord is a first step to any spiritual battle. And actually, I want to say submission to the Lord is spiritual battle. James 4, 7 says this, So humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Believer, you cannot resist the devil unless you humble yourselves to God. Don't you even attempt to tell the devil to go somewhere if you haven't submitted to God. You're fighting a losing battle. You're, you're, you're allowing the enemy in. You got the door wide open for the enemy to come in and you're telling him to get out, but you haven't really submitted yourself to the Lord. Submission to the Lord puts a barrier around you and the enemy because you're not under his authority. When you submit yourself to Christ and to God, you are under his authority. That's what submission means. Submission, submission. You, you're under his authority and he's watching over you. So many times we, we try to take things in our own hands, right? And we try to do things our own way and we're not submitted to God. And we go out thinking that we're going to help and fix things. But then we cause a bigger problem because we're not submitted to his will and not submitted to his ways. And we get out there and our teeth get kicked in. You have to submit yourself to God, therefore, and he, the enemy, will flee from you. Submission is everything. Submission is everything. Surrender is everything. Believers, so many times we don't surrender to God. I didn't surrender to God. I didn't know what that looked like. Until I did surrender to God, that's when my life changed. I was doing my religious duty. I was doing the things that I needed to do. I was going to church. I was singing the songs. I was giving the offer. I was doing all the things you're supposed to do as a believer, but I wasn't surrendered to him. I was not submitted to Christ Jesus. I did it only for what I could get out of God, not, what God, not for who God is. That's not submission. Submission is saying, God, it doesn't matter what the results are. I'm going to serve you. It doesn't matter what I get out of it. I'm going to serve you because of who you are. Your loving kindness follows me. Submission is everything. If you get nothing else today, submission is everything. You have to submit your life to Christ. So what do you do when you've lost everything? Submit your life to Christ. And then because David understood this power of submission, that, that he was, he's the king, but he served a higher power. He served the king. And because of that, he could come to the king and make his requests known. And he says this, open the heavens, Lord, come down, touch the mountains as they billow smoke, hurl the lightning bolts and scatter your enemies, shoot your arrows and confuse them, reach down from heaven and rescue me from the power of, oh, rescue me from deep waters, from the power of my enemies. Their mouths are full of lies. They swear to tell the truth, but they lie instead. David, in this moment, he comes to God and he says, God, only you can rescue me. I understand your power. Do you understand the power of God in your life? I want to ask you a question. How big is your God? How big is your God? 
Is he bigger than the mountains that you face? I think it's easy for us to believe that God's big enough for somebody else's mountains, but he's not big enough to handle my mountain. It's easy for me to have faith for somebody else when they lose everything. Say, man, you lost your business. I'm so sorry about that, but I know God can restore that. I'm believing in faith for you that God's going to restore that. God's going to do a miracle in that. But then when it happens to me, I'm like, I don't know, God. I don't think you can do anything about this. I can believe for somebody else to be healed. I'm like, God's going to restore. God's going to heal your cancer. God's going to take care of this. But then when I'm sick, I'm like, I don't know, God. I don't know if you're big enough for my mountain. My mountain seems so much bigger. So how much, how much faith do you have? God says this. Jesus said this. If you had the faith of a mustard seed, not much. You can tell that mountain to move and it will move. You just have to speak to the mountain how big your God is. How big is your God? <laughs> David knew how big his God is. Have you read this passage? If you read this, this verse, he's talking about the mountain here. It's really reflective of when they entered the, the, the Mount Sinai area, right? They, they enter Mount Sinai and the mountain is shaking and there's smoke billowing, there's lightning flashing, and, and it's terrifying. And so, God, and so David is praying to God, God, terrify my enemies, Scare them off, scatter them, make them run away because their mouths are full of lies. So David knew where to go. He humbled himself. He got ready for battle. He said, I'm built for this. I'm made for this. I'm equipped for this. God, I'm coming to you. I understand how powerful you are. And I'm asking you to step in because I know you answer prayers. And we'll pick up the rest of the story. 1 Samuel 37 David in this moment, so he's sitting there. These guys are threatening to kill him. They're going to stone him because he's lost everything. He strengthens himself in the Lord, and he thinks about it for a minute. He goes, then he says to Abiathar, the priest, bring me the ephod. And to you, you're like, what is an ephod? <laughs> an ephod is a priestly garment, something you stick on so you can meet with God, right? The priest would put it on and says, I'm going to go speak with God. And David said, bring me the ephod. I need to speak to God and no one else here. I'm not going to listen to these men telling me it's my fault. I'm not going to listen to myself saying that I shouldn't have been here. I'm going to go to God and let him speak to me. And it's in those moments, believer, that you need, when you've lost everything, that you need to get away from everybody else that's telling you all the things. And you need to go straight to God and say, God, what do you say about this situation? How should I move in this situation? What am I supposed to do? And David goes and he puts it on. And he asks the Lord, should I chase after the band of raiders? What am I supposed to do? And if I do, will I catch them? Notice David doesn't just say this, like we all do as believers, right? We're like, God, I'm going to go. And if you're with me, I hope you're with me. I'm going to do this. God, please bless my efforts. That's wrong. <laughs> we say, God, what are you doing? What do you want me to do in this? Where am I supposed to go? And David goes and, and asks the Lord, should I chase after them? And if I do, will I catch them? And the Lord answers, yes, go after them. You will surely recover everything that was taken from you. What faith did David have in this moment? Everything is gone. Seems like everything is lost. No telling how far the raiders were. All their families may be dead. He doesn't know if their wives, wives and family and his kids are dead or not. He doesn't know what they did with them. And he asks God, what am I supposed to do? And will I catch them? And God says, go, go after them. And so in faith, he goes after them. In faith, he prays to God. And I want to tell you, prayer requires a realization that God is able to answer your, question, your prayers. 
You have to realize when you pray, like I've talked about a minute ago, our mountains, their mountains, you have to realize that he is able to answer. He answers David in this moment. He says, David, go. David, I want you to go. You're going to get everything back. And in that moment, David said, I'm going to go. And he worships God. And the rest of this, this psalm, God's, David's response so many times when things happen to him, when, when, when uh, he's going through trials and tribulations, he worships. He worships. In verse 9, he goes, I will sing a new song to you, God. I will sing your praises with ten-stringed heart, for you grant victory to kings. You rescued your servant David from the fatal sword. Save me. Rescue me from the power of my enemies. Their mouths are full of lies. They swear to tell the truth, but they lie instead. What is our response? Worship. Worship. Worship is warfare. I mean, it's one thing to sing a song. It's another thing to believe what you're singing. You know, we're singing this song, yours is the kingdom, yours is the glory, yours is the power forever and ever. Amen. Do you believe that this morning when you're singing it? Or are you just singing it because that's the words on the screen and that's what everybody else is singing? There's a difference. One is singing, one is worship. Worship is where you believe it in your heart and it flows out of you. Worship is warfare. That's where we get our strength. That's where we build our faith. I don't know how many times I've been down on my faith and I'm, I don't know if I can go another day and then a song will come in my heart or a song will come on the radio or I'll come to church and hear a song and it speaks to my life, speaks to my soul. It's like, God, you are great. God, you're so good. You're so good to me. You know, God, I have faith. Thank you, Lord, that you win the battle. He builds our faith in worship. Also, worship reminds us. Worship reminds us of who God is. It reminds us of the victories of the past. Think about David when he's singing this. God, you have saved me before. I know you're going to save me now. God, you have been there before. I know you're going to be there now. So I'm going to worship you, God, because I'm going to worship you through this trial. You know, I think that's the greatest thing we as believers can do is worship through a trial, worship through a heartache, worship through the pain, because our worship puts our eyes off of the thing and onto God, off of what we lost and who we have. We have everything. If you have God, you have everything. All this stuff on this earth is going to be gone. Your boats, your cars, your house, right, your land, it's going to be gone. Compared to God and compared to heaven, it's nothing. And so why, why should we be sorrowful when we lose a job? It hurts, but we still have God. And if we have God, then he can give us another job. He can give us a better job. Amen? Amen for the better jobs. <laughs> Worship is our greatest weapon against the enemy's lies. And so what do you do when you lose everything? We pick up our weapons. We say, God, my hands are built for war. My fingers are skilled for battle. And then we place ourselves under the authority of King Jesus and we submit to him. We humble ourselves to him and we say, God, you have the answers. I do not. And when we humble ourselves to him, then we can request his power. God, I need your power. This mountain needs to move. I know you're more than able. I know you're more than capable. God, I need you in this moment. And then we praise him for the victory. You haven't seen the victory yet, but you know it's coming because God is faithful. 
You've seen it before. It's like, this was huge, but God got me through this. This was huge, but God got me through that. I know he's able then, he's still able now. God is bigger than my problems. And so I'm gonna worship through it knowing that you bring the victory ahead of time. Do you have faith to speak it? God will restore. The rest of the story, 1 Samuel 30, 16 through 20. So David, having heard from the Lord, he comes. And he led David to them. And they found the Amalekites spread out across the fields, eating and drinking and dancing with joy because of the vast amount of plunder they had taken from the Philistines in the land of Judah. He gets there and these guys are celebrating. They're partying, thinking they got away with it. They're all having a good time. They, they're surrounded by their plunder that they've stolen from David. They've stolen from all these other cities. They think they got away with it. And I want to tell you, I want to tell you today, the enemy thinks he's got away with it in your life. Whatever he took from you, whatever he's stolen from you, he is partying, thinking I got away with it. But we know there's another story. Amen. David and his men rushed among them. He slaughtered them throughout the night and the entire next day until evening. None of the Amalekites escaped except for 400 young men who fled on camels. David got back everything the Amalekites had taken, and he rescued his two wives. Nothing was missing, small or great, son or daughter, nor anything else that had been taken. David brought everything back. He also worshiped you, even in this trial. God, all I can do is sing hallelujah to you because I know that you're working. I know that you're going to bring the victory. God, I'm going to speak prophecy over this thing. I'm going to tell this mountain where to move. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God, for the victory. Thank you, God, that we don't have to sit back when things get stolen from us, that we as believers have the strength to move forward. And if you lost everything, you feel like you've lost everything, God can restore it. God can bring it back. Better before, there before and more than before. This isn't, this isn't prosperity preaching I'm preaching here. This is promise from God. This is God saying, I have given you certain things. I've given you life. I've given you liberty. I've given you strength. I've given you power. Don't let the enemy come in and steal from you. Don't let him steal your joy. Don't let him steal your peace. Don't let him steal your families. Men of God, stand up and fight for your wives. Fight for your children. It's time to stand up and say, no, I'm built for this. I can do this. It's hard to be a man of God. But you can say, I can do this. I have the strength to stand up and fight for my family. I can prophesy over my kids. I can prophesy over my wife. I can prophesy over my community. Men, that's our right as people of God. Do you wield it? Do you pick it up? People of God, you have the choice. You can stay defeated or you can rise up and walk towards the promise. And so this is what I want you to do. If you're tired of sitting, if you're tired of letting the enemy win, maybe you're at this place where you have nothing left and you don't know what to do. Today, all you gotta do is take one step, one step of faith, that's all it takes, and say, God, no more am I letting the enemy have his way with me. Today, I'm taking a stand of faith and I'm saying, I am built for this. I can fight through this. I have the power through, the, through King Jesus to walk in authority and take back what the enemy has stolen from me. If that's you today, if that's you today, I want you to stand on your feet and just come to the altar. It's a step of faith saying, today is the day I take my life back.
Come on. Everybody get up, get up here. Everybody should be coming. Everybody should be coming. This is just a step of faith. their life. He has had their way with them. He has had their way with their families and their children and their finances and their livelihood. And today, God, we come and we take a stand saying no more. You have no right to these people. You have no right to their families. You have no right to this church. And God, we pray that you would come and cover us, that you would be the strong tower that we run to, God, that you would strengthen our hands for war. God, that we would take our place on the mantle. God, you have placed us to shine for the community around us. God, that we would be a church that sits in silence no more. God, that we would stand up and be strong for you. God, that we would worship through the pain. God, that we would prophesy and bring things to life through your spirit, God. I pray, God, that you would put your spirit in every person standing today. God, give them strength to say, we can do it. God's with me. God's for me. Nothing can stand against me. No weapon formed against me will stand because God is bigger than my problem. We thank you, God, for this. We thank you for these people. God, I pray that you would encourage them now and let them know that you are with them, that you're standing for them, and that nobody can stand against them. We thank you, Jesus, for this. Now, God, I pray that we would have the strength to go out and be who you've called us to be, your people, your soldiers, taking back the kingdom from the kingdom of darkness. In Jesus' mighty name, and all God's people said, amen, amen. God bless you guys. Man, this is good. Don't quit. Don't give up. God's for you. Don't give up. Don't give up. The victory is coming. you believe it? The victory is coming. Thank you, God. Thank you, guys. God bless you guys. Thank you so much.